On today's show, the Heat lost six in a row and fans are panicking. I've got five numbers for you to help explain the losing streak and how much we should really be panicking. Plus, are we not pointing the finger enough at one star Heat player? All of that and more on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucaneat.com. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Got a great show for you today. We're going to be doing a new segment called Panic Numbers where I'll give you a number to explain the Heat's current six-game losing streak and then a grade for that level of panic, one to five. Okay, so we've got numbers for Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Terry Rozier, all coming up. But let's start with the Heat's offense. And my number here is 40%. And that's the shooting percentage that the Heat have had during the six-game losing streak on open shots. That's very bad. Open shots as defined by NBA.com's tracking data as a defender not being within six feet of the Miami Heat's offensive player, of the Heat's shooter. And they're only shooting 40% on those looks. And I went ahead and I looked that number up because I had a sense that that was the case, or at least something close to it. Because, look, when I watch these games, it's been ugly, no doubt about it. But I, you got to look at the process of things and not necessarily the results sometimes, to kind of get a real sense of, all right, what's really going wrong here? Because in today's NBA, we know this, it's very make or miss, and Eric Spolster has talked about this, that this team, uh, after they miss a couple of open shots, gets sort of beside themselves, they stop focusing so much on defense and, 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 and transition and doing the right things, and I have numbers about all of that stuff too, and I do think that that part of it is true, and it's not to excuse that, but if you're not making shots, there's really only so much you could do in today's NBA, right? You can't really box your box out your way to a win. You got to put up points. And when the Heat aren't putting up points, them and every other team in the league, every other player in the NBA, at some point, you just get to a certain level of frustration. By the way, this is very similar to what we saw with the Heat last year uh, during an underwhelming regular season. They were just missing shots. They were bottom 10 in the league in three-point shooting percentage and an offense overall. And it was... It was sort of an underwhelming regular season that was marred by frustration and and all these things. And I think we all remember the NBA Finals run. And, and one of the reasons it was so surprising and so thrilling was because it was so unexpected. Because that was not the team that we saw in the regular season. And for, the most, of the part, for most of this regular season, I don't think that that's been the case. I don't think we've seen last year's team so much this year. But that's what I think is so concerning about this six-game losing streak is that they're starting to look a lot like the team they looked like last regular season, which does not mean, by the way, that they're about to make an unprecedented run to the NBA Finals. It just means they look bad, the way that they were bad last regular season, or mediocre if we don't want to go too strong on the words there. But the 40% on the open shots, that's a problem, and they need to make those shots, and nobody's making shots. Nobody. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Terry Rozier has been awful. Uh, when he has open looks. But when you go to the process, the Heat are also getting those open shots. And on that side of this whole thing, that's a good thing. They are getting the third most open shots in the league during this stretch. Okay? 
So only two other teams are getting more open shots than the Heat have over this stretch. That's a good process number. That's a process number that is a good reflection of Miami's offense. It means it's working. It means they're getting open shots. And I don't think it's necessarily a situation where defenses are leaving guys open. This is not uh, a P.J. Tucker situation where he made a bunch of those corner threes, but defenses kind of just let him have those corner threes also because they weren't really worried about what he's going to do with the ball if he wasn't taking the three-pointer. So that's not really the case here. I think Terry Rozier is getting good shots. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, these guys are getting good open shots from three-point range. They're just not making them. They're making them at a second-worst clip in the NBA during the stretch, despite getting almost the most shots, uh, open shots in the league during this stretch too. So that's, that's a problem. They're also not, you usually try to balance this stuff out. Okay. If you're not, if you're not making open threes, if you're not making open jumpers, even though you're getting them, you try to balance that out with scoring in transition, uh, getting to the foul line. They're not really doing a whole lot of that either which I think is when Eric Spolster talks about, hey, we can't fall in love with the jumpers and we got to be more intentional, all of these things. I think that's probably what he means. Okay, if these jumpers, if our open jumpers aren't going in, even if they're open, we can't rely on those solely. Uh, we got to gotta try to get to the rim more. We got to try to get to the foul line. We got to try to get points in transition. They're not, they're, they're just not scoring in transition. And that's not just during this stretch. That's basically been the case all season long. This team does not get points in transition, which is weird because Miami Heat teams tended to balance out their poor offense, their poor half-court offense, with scoring in transition, especially during the Jimmy Butler era where this team could turn steals into points real quick. If if there's a process thing, if there's an eye test thing that I can go to, if I'm getting away from the numbers here for a second, it's when this team does get a steal or um, has has a chance to push off of a defensive rebound. They're not. This team is not getting up the floor. They are slow to matriculate the ball. They are just slow to get into their offense. And I know that Jimmy Butler likes to play that way. They can't play that way. This team has too many athletes now with the addition of Terry Rozier, with Bam Adebayo running the floor, with Jaime Hawkins running the floor, with Caleb Martin running the floor. And this team is healthy. Jaime's back. Caleb's back. Like these guys, Caleb looks as, as healthy as he has all season. This team needs to push the pace. They cannot afford to walk the ball up. And so if... I'm trying to find a fix for Miami's offense. It's keep shooting the open ones. Eventually, they're going to go in. That's just how the league works. But when we have chances in transition, we have to push the pace. We can't slow it down. We can't pull it out. We can't dawdle into a pick and roll or a dribble handoff. No. Push it. Get downhill. Force the pressure on the defense and make them foul you if you're not going to score. So my panic meter for the 40% number is a 2 which is low, one being the lowest, five being the highest. That's how we're going to do this. My panic meter is at a two, only because I think eventually these shots are going to go in, so I'm not that panicked about it. Let's go to our next number here, and this one has to do with Jimmy Butler, and this might be the star that we're not pointing the finger at enough here. My number for Jimmy Butler is 21.4%, and that's his usage rate during uh, this stretch, and for the season, it's not that much higher, all right? During these last six games, during this losing streak, Jimmy Butler is averaging 19.3 points per game on 12 field goal attempts per game, 5.3 free throw attempts. So let's take that 12 field goal attempts and the 5.3 field free throw attempts. We're talking about 14 to 15 shots on goal per game when 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 you're talking about real field goal attempts and then uh, shots where he's fouled on the floor and goes to the line. So we're talking about 14 to 15 shots on goal per game for a star player. That's just not enough. 
four assists, not enough. 4.8 rebounds, not enough. These are Tobias Harris numbers, okay? And Tobias Harris is a fine player. He's got his issues in Philadelphia, and Philadelphia fans have their issues with him. But the Heat can't have Jimmy Butler be Tobias Harris. Jimmy Butler needs to be Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler needs to be a star. And I'm sick of the excuses that we make for this guy that he's 34 years old and he has to do so much on both both ends of the court. And just wait until playoffs. Then Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy comes out. All right, that's cool. You got 82 games to figure out before you get to the playoffs. And by the way, talking about this on Monday morning, the Heat are in the play-in tournament. All right, there is no guarantee of making the playoffs. Just like there was no guarantee of making the playoffs last year. Right before Jimmy Butler turned into Michael Jordan against the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round, they were a quarter away from the, against the Chicago Bulls from missing the playoffs altogether. And if Max Struess doesn't go off in the fourth quarter against the Bulls in that second play-in game, the Heat or not, Jimmy Butler doesn't have a chance to become Michael Jordan in the playoffs. You got to get there first. And the East is better than it was last year, flatly better. Philadelphia is better, Boston's better, Milwaukee's better. They're all better. Not to mention these other teams. The Knicks are better. The Pacers are better. The Pacers just let the heat in the standings. There's nothing guaranteed here. We don't make these excuses for LeBron or Steph or Kevin Durant, any of these older stars who say, oh, well, they're old and they're going to step it up in the playoffs. We don't make those excuses. You have to hit a certain watermark. I'm not expecting Jimmy Butler to come out and average 36 points per game in the regular season. Nobody's asking that. Nobody's expecting that. But 19 points per game on 12 field goal attempts? Tobias Harris numbers, Tobias Harris numbers, you got to be better than that. And so my panic meter for Jimmy Butler right now is a five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. My Jimmy Butler panic meter right now is a five because it doesn't get better. That's not how this works. Older players don't get better as they get older, except for LeBron. Apparently you don't, that's not what happens here. And so if this is Jimmy Butler slowing down, which at 34 going on 35 years old, He should be slowing down, right? This is the expectation. But given that, you can't also expect some sort of flip to switch in the playoffs if he is also at the same time slowing down due to age. And so that's why my panic meter is at a five, because if Jimmy Butler can't be that guy, then the Heat do not have a bona fide superstar. Bam Adebayo is an awesome player. He's not that kind of player. He's not a scorer. And Jimmy Butler, I hate to call him a scorer, but... At least when he was averaging 24 points per game, that was something that Miami can hang their hat on on offense. And right now, they just have nothing to hang their hat on on offense. His points per game are at a low. His field goal percentage is at a low. Right? This is a guy who shot 54% field goal percentage last year. He's at 48, 48.8% this year. That usage rating is at the lowest it's been since he's been a member of the Miami Heat. He is slowing down. And if that's the case, then I don't know... Like, the Heat do not have a regular season superstar. In the past, they have had a playoff superstar. They do not have a regular season superstar. And in fact, their regular season superstar has kind of turned into Tobias Harris over this six-game stretch. And they need Jimmy Butler. Maybe they don't need Michael Jordan in the first round against the Milwaukee Bucks. But they, they need something better than Tobias Harris. Especially if you're running your offense through him. You don't run your offense through Tobias Harris. Okay. And if you're going to run post-ups and all these things for Jimmy, then he needs to play like a star. And it's not enough for him to be unselfish and get guys involved. No, 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 no. At the end of the day, Miami over this last six games does not have a single player averaging at least 20 points. And if you want to point at Tyler Hero, if you want to point at Bam Adebayo, go ahead. But if it starts with the star player. And next man up can only get you so far.
Okay. At the end of the day, the next guy up is the next guy up because he's not as talented as the first guy. Jimmy Butler has to be better. And if he's not better, then the Miami Heat have no chance of turning this thing around in any meaningful way. And that's why my panic meter right now is at a five is because I'm not really sure he's going to be able to get there. Is defense really the problem here? According to Eric Spolstra, it is. We'll talk about that more next here on Locked On. Today's episode of Locked On Heat is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Today's episode of Lockdown Heat is also brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some Super Bowl bets. And guess what we have now? Chiefs Niners. That's the Super Bowl. Man, that Chiefs game was awesome. I can't believe the 49ers came back against the Detroit Lions. I uh, don't really care about the field goal thing from Dan Campbell or not. I thought it was the right move to just go ahead and at four and on fourth down. You had to score with the Niners. They were scoring like crazy in the, in the second half. But whatever. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Super Bowl, which is the Niners against the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know. I, I would be tempted. To, we could do spreads. We could do money lines. But the best thing about the Super Bowl are the props. It's the prop bets. And FanDuel has all of those for you to enjoy the Super Bowl with. They have so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win this on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Going ahead with our panic meter. Is defense really the problem? Let's talk about the defense. Here's my number. 29th. That's Miami's league ranking and defensive rating over the last six games. And my panic meter on a scale of one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest, is at a 3.5 on this one. Um, the Miami Heat are a defensive-minded team. Their identity is about playing, uh, being elite defensively. I do think that there's a little bit of a uh, misconception here with Miami's defense during the Jimmy Butler era. They've only ever been in the top five in defensive rating once during the Jimmy Butler era. This is not an elite defensive team, and they've never really been an elite defensive team in the regular season. They've had their moments in the playoffs. They have their moments when they can really lock in. 
But overall, catch-all defensive rating in the regular season, this team has been very good. This team has been top 10 for the most part, top 11-ish, basically every year of the Jimmy Butler era. But they've never been elite the way that Minnesota right now is elite on that end. right? They've never been like that, except for one year they were in the top five. They're usually just right around the top 10 and on the lower part of that top 10 scale. But they're, they've been bad these last six games. 29th in the league in defensive rating over these last six games during this losing streak. And um, some of it is just shot making by the other team. That's going to happen. The reason I'm panicking a little bit more is because of, A, how low they are. It's one thing to be, you know, 15th in defensive rating or 20th, you know, like average to below average. But to have the second worst defense in the league for any stretch is a problem. Now. These last few games have been so crazy in terms of what these other teams have been able to score and what they're the kind of shot making that they're getting. And Miami's ineptitude on offense is just leading to so much defense for the other team. I understand that Eric Spolstra is always going to say, hey, we're a defensive team first. That's publicly how he's going to position himself and the organization always. I kind of think offense has been more of the problem. I don't think that the offense is helping at all. And the fact that they are missing those shots I think it's per- perfectly accept. I, I get it. I, I understand if you guys are just missing shots, you're just not going to be locked in and defensively. It's way easier to defend having had made a three pointer and get to set up yourself in the half court than having to constantly uh, try to get the rebound or the offensive rebound, not get it run back on defense and transition and defend that way. And, and it's just, it's way easier to defend after a make than off of a miss that much is obvious. We all know that. So, but my big problem here and why I'm panicking is that their rebounding rate has not been good. Their defensive rebounding rate has been awful during this stretch. They are not boxing out. They are not finishing possessions. And they're giving up 29.4 putback points every 100 misses by their opponents. Let me say that again. So for every 100 misses by their opponent, their opponent is also scoring 29.5 putback points every 100 of those misses. That's by far the worst mark in the league. That's stats according to Cleaning the Glass, who tracks things like that. And when I saw that number, I was shocked. I was absolutely floored. Miami consistently does rank as one of the best box-out teams in the league. They are awesome. Not a great offensive rebounding team. They don't have the size. They don't have the personnel. And quite frankly, they don't really care about offensive rebounding that much. They have a couple of guys here and there, Caleb Martin, even Tyler Hero a little bit, who will crash the boards offensively. But for the most part, their strategy is, we don't need the offensive rebound. Let's get back in transition and defend our side of the court. That tends to be what they do. But defensively, this team has been elite the last few years in terms of rebounding, defensive rebounding rate, how finishing possessions, boxing out. They always rank it near the top of the league in box outs, especially Bam, near the top of the league in box outs. Getting that box out, getting the defensive rebound, ending that defensive possession, getting back on offense. They are, they are consistently elite in those categories. This is a tough metric for them because if you're not going to be an elite defensive stopping team in terms of the point of attack, if you're not going to create turnovers at an elite rate, which this team is not doing anymore, uh, if you don't just have the sheer size to be an awesome rim protection blocking shots type of team, which they don't, right? That's kind of what Minnesota has got going for them. Miami doesn't have that. Then you need to do the little things. You need to box out and you need to get those defensive rebounds at an elite rate. And they're not doing that. The Miami Heat have to work harder for what they want to do than most teams in the NBA because they're not that athletic and because they're not that big and because they are a little bit older as a team. And they're not doing those things right now. 
And I'll go back to Spo's comments when he talks about, hey, if we're not missing shot, if we're not making shots on one end, it doesn't mean we can't do our job on the other end. This is exactly what he's talking about. And so my panic meter for this is at a 3.5. Because if the Heat are essentially giving up on defense, if they're not, if they're if they're not getting those defensive rebounds, if they're not doing those little things, if they're not doing the hard work things, then they don't got anything on that end of the court, right? That's what they do. That's how this team is top 10 in defense, is the little things like this. And if they're not doing it, then we have a problem. It's not as high because I do think that once they start making those shots, then they'll start doing these little things a little bit more. And you look over the course of their season, this is easily the worst stretch they've had defensively all year long is these last six games. You subtract these six games out, they're still right where they kind of tended to be defensively. So I think this is a, just a bad stretch. Dog days of January, tough part of the regular season. Uh, trade deadline coming up. I know they already made a move, but I still think maybe some people are on a, on edge and stuff like that here. Uh, the locker room doesn't have a great vibe around it right now, but winning should help and making shots should help. Not just the locker room vibe, but doing these little things defensively too. So it's at 3.5. It could be higher. It could be lower. It's kind of right in the middle right now. Um, all right. Do the Heat need to bench Tyler Hero? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Quiz. Today, we're going to have some fun and test your Miami Heat knowledge. This one coming from Quiz with three eyes. What is the name, the nickname of the Heat's mascot? Is it Bernie, Blaze, Flame, or Sizzle? All right, Quiz with three eyes is the next generation trivia experience. It's also the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. And for Locked On Heat fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. Play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz.com and start playing today. Again, uh, Quiz with three eyes. NBA quiz is the ultimate knowledge challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. Let's get back to our trivia question. What is the nickname of the Heat's mascot? It is, of course, Bernie. You guys knew that. Come on. If you want to play, go to app.quiz.com to test your knowledge and win cash today. That's quiz with three eyes, just like a three-pointer. Play now. Showcase your skills and take home cash prizes. App.quiz.com, where fans become champions. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. David Ramil, my co-host, will be back with me tonight. We're going to be talking about the Heat's game against the Sun. So every day, make sure you are locked in for our reactions to tonight's game at Kaseya Center against the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix coming off the second night of a back-to-back. Should be a good chance for Miami uh, to try to bounce back and get a win and snap this losing streak. But speaking of this losing streak, we're doing the panic meter here. Let's talk about Tyler Hero. And my number for Tyler Hero is 5-10. and 10. And that's Miami's record in 15 games this season with Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo all on the court. My panic meter here is a 3. 1 out of 5. 1 being the lowest, 5 being the highest. My panic meter here is a 3, so right about in the middle. And usually it would be a little bit lower. But enough smart people think that benching Tyler Hero is a solution that I'm going to listen to him. Not necessarily, I still think that Tyler Hero starting is the right move. I can be convinced. There's good arguments. My re- friend Rohan Nadkarni of the show thinks that Tyler Hero should come off the bench. I know Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel has talked about maybe in his columns bringing Tyler Hero off the bench being the right thing and, and starting Duncan Robinson again. And look, 
there is something to it. I, I do agree that the, the offense does tend to flow better when it's Duncan in there and not Tyler Hero. Duncan's just more willing to play off the ball, create space. Tyler Hero wants the ball in his hands. He's going to take mid-range shots and all those things. And I could probably talk myself into it just, just sitting here by myself. But, you know, there is an argument, right? The off- Miami's offensive rating with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero on the floor, 115.6. That's about average. It's fine. With Duncan Robinson in Tyler Hero's place with Jimmy and Bam, that offensive rating soars to 119.7. Now it's on half the amount of possessions that there are there have been with Tyler Hero. So it's a little bit of a smaller sample size. Let's also keep in mind that for the most part this season, Duncan Robinson was starting earlier in the year when Tyler Hero was out with the ankle sprain. He was playing with a more interested Jimmy Butler, a pre-hip injury, Bam at a bio. Um, there were certain things that Duncan Robinson had that that Tyler Hero hasn't really had over this last stretch. And Tyler Hero, let's not forget, in the beginning of the season, these numbers were amazing, right? Tyler Hero was averaging like 25 points per game, the shooting percentages, all those things. He looked like a, uh, he, like he was making an all-star case. And then, of course, he got hurt, and now he's no longer eligible. But uh, And he hasn't been this good, quite frankly. So I don't know. I could, I could go either way. I do think that there's something to be said, especially with Kyle Lowry no longer on the team, of having a ball handler like Tyler Hero. Duncan Robinson's a good passer. He's not a great passer. He's a good pick-and-roll uh, facilitator. He's not a great one. And not, I'm not saying that Tyler Hero is, but I do think his off-the-dribble game, uh, especially from three-point range and pulling up, is so important to loosening up Miami's offense. And when they need a bucket, he tends to be the guy who just gets them a bucket. Um. I don't know. I think that to go back to my Jimmy Butler point, I think it's more on him to just sort of say, you know what? It's my offense. It's my ball. I'm going to run stuff. And this is my point. And I, and this is, this is probably why it doesn't look great when it's Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler. What is Miami's offense? I think it's a legitimate question. What is Miami's offense? I know what Philadelphia's offense is. Jim, uh, Joel Embiid out of the post and the high post, and he's going to facilitate or score. That's that's everything runs out of those post moves and, and dribble handoffs with with Joel Embiid at the high post. That's what they do. Ditto. Denver Nuggets. What is everything? Nikola Jokic in the middle of the floor, water polo passing to all of his teammates. That's Denver's offense. Golden State's offense. Split cuts. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry running around, getting open threes. That's that's Golden State's offense. What's the Clippers' offense? Pick and roll with James Harden. You know, what's Milwaukee's offense? It's it's a lot of Giannis isolation and Damian Lillard running pick and roll with Brooke Lopez. And even that's been a problem. But at least I know what their offense is trying to do. I don't really know what Miami's offense is. And I think for most of the Jimmy Butler era, it's been Jimmy Butler facilitating out of the post, either scoring on a smaller uh, defensive player or finding open teammates for three-pointers. But if he's not going to play like a star, if he's going to beat Tobias Harris then you can't really run your offense through him anymore. That puts a lot on Bam, and that puts a lot on Tyler Hero. And now you have these disjointed offenses. You have Tyler Hero pick and roll over here. You have Bam Adebayo trying to run dribble handoffs and post-ups over there, kind of the way that they want to do with Jimmy Butler. If they're really trying to shift the offense more into Bam's hands and less into Jimmy Butler's hands, but you still need to find times for Jimmy Butler to have his post-ups and get to his game. So you also have that over here. And now at the addition of Terry Rozier, you have the Rose, Terry Rozier pick and roll with Bam Adebayo, which has been a little disjointed. We'll get to Terry Rozier here in a second. But you've got a lot of different offenses trying to co-mingle. I don't know what Miami's offense is other than a lot of different things. And you could say, okay, well, you have a multiple look offense that should keep other teams off balance, keep them guessing. Not really. Not when you're moving the ball up so slow like we were talking about earlier. Teams could see what's coming. 
they might not be able to tell you the play before what's going to happen, but as soon as it starts unfolding in front of them, they know what's happening here. So I don't know. Uh, like I said, enough smart people think that benching Tyler Heroes is a solution is so that I'll give it some credence. I'll think about it. And like I said, I could probably talk myself into it right here. But I don't know that Jimmy Butler has been good enough or that Bam Adebayo has been good enough to warrant even benching Tyler Hero at this point. To say, okay, we got to run the offense through you. Because they haven't proven over this last stretch that they're worth running the offense through. Okay, and maybe it's a chicken or the egg thing that if they, if Tyler Hero wasn't on the court, then Jimmy Butler would be more willing to take over. Let me ask you something, if you think that, because I've seen that argument out there. Have you met Jimmy Butler? I don't even mean like real meeting. Like, have you have you seen this guy in the Miami uniform? You think he's acquiescing to what Tyler Hero wants offensively? No, no way. <laughs> That's not how Jimmy Butler rolls. Jimmy Butler wants to give up responsibility on offense. He wants Bam and Tyler Hero to lead the team in scoring. The problem is that those guys are not star scorers. Jimmy Butler has been a star scorer for stretches in his career. Those guys haven't really. Not for long stretches. You can't expect them to run your offense and be a star player the way that and have a above average offense because there is not that star scorer on this team if not, if Jimmy Butler is not doing it. And in today's NBA, you just flatly need that player. You can't just manufacture good offense. You need a star scorer to run your offense through. And right now, the Heat don't have that. So my panic meter there is a three. Last number here. This has to do with my first impressions of Terry Rozier. My number on Terry Rozier is 14.5. That's the difference between his average points per game in Charlotte, 23.2, versus in Miami so far, which is 8.7. Um, my panic here is a two, and it could be higher but that number is so absurd, 8.7, and his shooting numbers are so bad that they almost have to come up, and so I'm not going to panic too much yet. It's been six games. It's been a weird six games. The vibe around the team has not been good ever since the trade or even really before the trade. Um, it's just been weird, and Terry Rozier has been trying to fit into it. I don't blame Terry Rozier for any of that stuff. He has been consistently like a 20-point-per-game scorer thereabouts for most of his career. He's going to be closer to that. He's not going to be career high, 23.2 points per game like he was in Charlotte. He's trying to fit in in all this disjointed stuff that I've been talking about with Jimmy and Tyler and Bam, and it's not been easy. It has not been easy for him, but I think it's going to get better. I also look at his shooting percentage right now, 30%. That's what he's shooting right now in Miami. That number that I talked about earlier, Miami overall shooting 40% on what, on open looks, a lot of that is Terry Rozier. He's getting the open shots. He's getting open shots. He's just not making them. That shot, he's a reliable shooter. Those shots are going to go in. They're going to go in. I'm not worried about that. That 14.5, the difference in points per game between the Hornets and the Miami Heat, that's going to get closer to what it was in Charlotte. I know it. Uh, was the Terry Rozier trade a mistake? I don't think it was. I think it's too early to ask that question. It doesn't look great now that Miami might miss the playoffs and have to get in by the play-in tournament. That doesn't look great for a team that for a team that made an all-in move with Terry Rozier. It's too early to ask that question right now. My panic meter on Terry Rozier is a two. I'm not that concerned. I like the process. Yeah, there's some shots where you don't love it, but whatever. Like when, when the offense is so bogged down, there are going to be like contested shots, like not great looks, maybe some unwarranted uh, pull-up shooting, stuff like that. But that's just this team trying to get themselves out of this funk. It's going to happen. All right. Um, overall, uh, I think he's still trying to figure out Bam Adebayo in the pick and roll. I thought that'd be maybe more of an instant sort of offense trigger that they can get to. He's still trying to figure out where this team wants to be. 
he's kind of running into his teammates a lot. And again, I think a lot of it is what are we doing here on every offensive possession? What offense are we trying to run? I think he's very confused by it. I think it, as a lot of heat fans and myself are like, I don't really know what Miami's offense is. And so to ask Terry Rozier to fit into something like that, it's really difficult. And I think we have to give him some time and appreciate how difficult that it might be. So panic meter on Terry Rozier. First impression is a two. I actually like a lot of things I've seen. I like how he fights over the screens. I like the shots that he's getting. I think they're going to go in. And I think that point per game average in Miami will float up closer to what it was when he was in Charlotte. But for now, thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and follow us on your favorite podcast app.